Hello and welcome to From the BOLN, the Burnley podcast. I'm Simon Evans and with me here today is Chris Borden and we have a very special guest with us joining the show, the Paddy and Predator, a true Clarets legend, 81 goals in 175 appearances for his boyhood club and uh, what a story is the story of Andy Payton. Some of you will be familiar with it, some of our younger viewers perhaps uh, didn't experience those years of uh, Andy putting the ball in the back of the net at Turf Moor. But he had a great career, of course, that took him to clubs like Celtic and Middlesbrough and uh, and other clubs in English football as well. We're going to go through it all with Andy. Andy, welcome to From the Beoland. Yeah, thanks for inviting us. I'm uh, looking forward to it, Simon and Chris. Yeah, be good. So let's just start off at the start because this is a you know a famous part of your career is that you were not taken on by Burnley when you when you were a young player. Uh, you could say rejected by your local club, and and that's happened to plenty of footballers over the years from the area. You know, I mean, most of us grow up yeah. dreaming of one day playing for Burnley. A few get a chance, a sniff of a trial, and so on. You yeah. had your foot in the door, and then it didn't it didn't work <laughs> out for you there. Tell us a little bit about how that happened and and what what went on at that time. Yeah, I mean, I, I looking back now, I think it was. Uh, you always think that it were fate, you know, or whatever. But um, yeah, I um, I obviously went to school locally. I went to Paddington St John's, and then went to Gawthorpe. And um, I ended up signing for Burnley uh, when I was fourteen because back in the day there were no academies as such. You 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 couldn't sign for a club till you were fourteen years old. So I signed for Burnley at fourteen, um, and then obviously when I left school at sixteen, um, it was it was also well, I was hoping to get, you know, an apprenticeship. Um, uh, back in the day, they had uh, the YTS scheme where the government paid for it. So it was £25 a week. Right. And um, Burnley took 10 on and uh, and I got released, um, which was, I mean, I'll be honest with you, I was quite devastated at the time because I were a lifelong Burnley fan, and you know, from Paddyham. Um, but um, what I did, I wrote to a lot of clubs because there was no internet then. And uh, I got one reply from Hull City and I went over for a trial um, and I went over and uh, did stay for a week and uh, and they offered me a one-year YTS. So I ended up leaving home at 16 and going over to Hull City who were in the championship, you know. Um, so uh, I think they were in the championship at the time. They got promotion anyway when I got there. Um, but yeah, so I left home and went to Hull at 16 having been rejected by Burnley. But I, I think um, I think it toughens you up, you know. I mean, to get rejection at that age, you know, it's football's not all about um, you know winning. You know, you've got to take the losses as well, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, just just going back to that when when it happened, because uh, I'm trying to remember. It's it's it, it's sometimes uh, difficult to remember which managers were in charge of, of which players. Yeah. Sometimes when you look back, we had Michael Duff on the other week, and he he played under five different early managers. Yeah. Was that John Bond in charge at that time? Then when you were released. Well, it was, but um, I mean, Arthur Bellamy, God rest his soul, but Arthur, who was groundsman when I signed for Burnley, at that time, he was youth team coach. And right. it was Arthur that made the decision. And um, I spoke to him about it when um, when, I, when I came back to Burnley. And he said, I was I very small. And uh, I think they just thought I weren't going to be big enough or whatever. You know, they judged players on that back in the day a little bit. You yeah, know? they did, didn't they? Yeah. But, um, yeah, but um, I think it really, really helped me 
um, as a as a footballer because when I went to Hull, um, I mean Brian Orton, who ended up being manager of Man City, and he just got the job as player manager, and he was well known with Brian in his playing career, being a, a hard man, you know. And I remember going into the club on the first day. And they had first year and second year apprentices, YTS lads, you know, um, all sat in a room. There were 18 of us. And he walked in, first time we'd ever seen him. He said, um, have a look around. He said, there's 18 on it in here. He said, I'm keeping four at end of season. And just walked out. So he just created that atmosphere, you know, of uh, dog eat dog. Mm. You know, you've got to be the best or whatever. And, um, and uh, yeah, I think it did me a world of good, you know, Um it was really hard. It was tough because I was only a kid. I was only 16. But, um, yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed my time at Hull, you know. And, um, you know, they did, you know, uh, just nothing but good things to say about Hull City, you know. How soon was it? Well, you ended up going to New Zealand, didn't you, for a, like a like a, a long spell or such? It's not even on your yeah. Wikipedia page, is it? it was... No, I mean, they, they'd done it with a player... Um, they'd done it what it were a guy from Hull had, had emigrated to New Zealand and set up a football team over there and he got back in touch with a club and a lad called Nicky Brown went the year before me uh, and he and when he got back he broke into the first team so I was 18 so I, I would so I just signed I'd, I'd got through the apprenticeship and signed uh, my first professional contract at 18 um, and that summer uh, I thought um, I was coming home, you know, for a rest. Uh, I'm saying rest, you're only 18. But Brian Orton got me and he said, right, you're going to New Zealand to this club. Anyway, I went out there for three months and really enjoyed it and uh, scored a few goals. And it did me confidence a lot of good. And when I came back, probably about, I just got training with the first team. And um, probably about three, three, four months after that, I made my debut in the first team at 19. So I think it really helped me, you know in the championship and that was against Leeds United at home 20,000 on so all them 200 crowds you know you know like footballers now today you know under 23s under 21s playing in front of 200 people and all that I mean like if you weren't at first team at 19 in my day you were gone you know and that is a 100% fact so luckily I scored um, and we won we won 3-1 and um yeah, it got me up and running. But the New Zealand experience was, uh, I think it really helped me. Yeah, I enjoyed it. You weren't short of competition at striking area either, were you, Holly? You're like, oh, no, we had Billy, 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 Billy Whitehurst and Keith Edwards. and Yeah, like, I mean, Keith was amazing. Him. Yeah, Keith, Keith won the Golden Boot in the Championship. Uh, I used to watch him. I used to ask him questions. I used to bug him. I used to probably got fed up of me, you know, but I wanted to <laughs> learn off him because he was so good. We had a lad called Dean Windus, who obviously was an apprentice with me. And Dean went on to score over 200 goals in his career as well. And uh, we, seven at lads from YTS got it first team. It was unbelievable. We had a really good group. But um, Keith was unbelievable. And Billy, we, you just did everything you were told. <laughs> he was the oldest man I've ever come across in football on and off the field you know Billy would smash an apprentice in training into a wall without even thinking about it you know we we got absolutely you, you look at I look at footballers now today uh, if I dived in training which I would never do anyway he would probably give me a crack you know what I mean it just wouldn't happen you know it, they were tough men you know and um, 
And one of the hardest part, you know, I think of breaking in to the first team, as soon as you get training with the first team, especially back then, because there were small squads, you know, I remember the centre-half, um, he's passed away now, called Pete Skipper, big hard man centre-half, and he used to give me a lift into training. Anyway, this one particular day, he'd see me walking in, he'd pull over, jump in like, you know, and um, we had a practice match, reserves against first team. Uh, first ball that went over top, of, I think he slipped and he outpaced him and scored. And he, he said to me, run past me again, I'll break your legs. And he stopped <laughs> giving me lifts. But, you know what I mean, things changed. It was hard. It was really hard for us, you know. Um, you know, when I see footballers rolling around now, I can't believe it. You know, it's just, uh, won't have lasted back in our day. Crazy. <laughs> And the screech, the screech they do every time they get tackled, trying to get a foul. That drives me mad. That during oh, during they COVID, the floor with their hand and rolling <laughs> over. It's incredible. Can't believe it. Yeah, we could all it's hear awful. it during COVID when you sat in empty grounds and you every challenge yeah. in the Premier League anyway. Yeah, you, you won't embarrass yourself, you know. But just it's just uh, the modern game, as it were. You know, I mean, like if you're a tough tackling midfielder now or a big centre off that would try and dominate people, you you no place in football now, have you? You know. It's crazy. I don't like it, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I just hate that part of the game. Because I do a lot of coaching with kids and I see the kids copying the heroes, rolling around, mm. and you don't know if they're injured, if they're not. You know, it's crazy. <laughs> crazy. Game's changed so much. <laughs> <clears throat> so you mentioned Brian Horton, Pers. I mean, without without going jumping too far ahead, he was obviously a big influence on your career, but he, yeah. he nearly took you. You mentioned Man City. He nearly took you there, didn't he? Mid nineties, he did, yeah. When I was when I was at Celtic, and and then he ended up signing me for Huddersfield. Um, when I went, so I went to Barnsley after um, after Celtic. But yeah, Brian Orton, he were a winner, you know. And I'm not being funny. He, you, when you're talking about young lads, you know, uh, he was a gaffer. We we when he walked in the room, we jumped. I'm not being funny. Uh, that's how it was, you know. Honestly, it was, but it did us all good. Do you know what I mean? Um, he, he was, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, aggressive, you know. It 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 just just the opposite of what it's like nowadays. But but he was a winner, and I owe him a lot, you know, because he was my first proper manager. He gave me my debut, um, and yeah, it'd, it'd be on your case if you weren't doing the business, you know. Uh, yeah, can, so a lot, can, a lot yeah. to thank Brian Orton for. Yeah, can you remember what happened with the city thing? Was that? Uh... Yeah, what happened were, um, I, I've been at Celtic, um, you know, obviously I've gone to Middlesbrough, we got promotion to Premier League, uh, Celtic came in for me that summer, so I had a choice that summer whether to sign, come down and play, sorry, play in the Premier League with Middlesbrough or sign for Celtic, and I went up there and there were no, Liam Brady were manager, Charlie Nicholas, Frank McAvenny, John Collins, it's a massive, so I signed for him, um, but um, I've been up there, uh, I scored 20 goals, blah, blah, blah. Um, scored winner against Rangers. Liam Brady got sacked because we came second to a really good Rangers team that included, you know, Trevor Stephen, Richard Goff, um, Aitley. They were a good side. You know, they were a really good side. So Lou McCauley came in, did fancy me. It happens, you know. And uh, Viv Anderson was manager of Barnsley at the time and he got in touch with me and he came to beat me. Uh, Celtic gave him permission to come and speak to me and he persuaded me to sign for Barnsley. I mean, like, very persuasive was Viv. <laughs> and um, 
two weeks after assignment for him, he left and took the Middlesbrough job with Brian Robson. So it was like, wow, you know what I mean? Although Barnsley had a good team, yeah. we were like top six championship, but it was just, um, he, he persuaded me and then left, you know what I mean? So, but, uh, yeah. but Brian Orton was, was, sorry, going back to your original, Brian Orton was manager of Man City at the time yeah. and they were in the championship and uh, he made an inquiry about me, you know, to Celtic and um, and they just never came about. I think he signed somebody else, you know, but it was a nearly. And that'd have been a great move. I mean, who want you know? I mean, Man City. I mean, they're a massive club, aren't they? Exactly, were they? Were they? Never mind. No. You know. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. Just uh, going back to the Celtic thing. So you've had that. You've had you had a fairly short spell with Middlesbrough, and then and then you go to yeah. you go to Celtic, and as you say, just mentioning those names of the players who were around at yeah. that time, it was a completely different kind of Scottish football to what we see now, wasn't it? With I mean that yeah. The, the, the players who come, England internationals playing for Rangers and Celtic, and yeah, yeah, uh, you know, top top players. But yeah, obviously, the first thing anyone would think of when they sign for one of those two clubs is what what is an old firm derby going to be like? So, yeah, what what was it like? I mean, it was crazy because back then um, you get sixty thousand, I think fifty eight thousand, but there'd be thirty thousand Celtic and twenty eight thousand Rangers. Um, you know, now they sort of don't let many fans travel or whatever. It was just crazy. It was the only game that when I was walking out at Celtic where I couldn't hear my teammates, you know, when you put your fingers in and out your ears, you know, as you, you know, and I couldn't hear. So when we were speaking to each other, I just couldn't hear anything. It was just a crowd. But it were um, just, I mean, like players were kicking lumps out of each other. It was just crazy, you know, they all, they all, but, um, we, we got a couple of wins. We won at Ibrox and we won at Celtic Park. Managed to get winner. Um, and, you know, just incredible. It, it's, it's, they, they just saw must-win games. Massive up there, you know. I mean, obviously, we know that there's only two teams up there, you know. But, I mean, I ended up playing European football. We got to quarterfinals at UEFA Cup. Dortmund knocked us out, you know. So, to get to play, um, you know, all right. People can turn around and say I didn't play in the Premier League, but I played in Europe for Celtic. Yeah, you know? uh, and I, I was re- I, I was looking at some not long ago, and it was um, so it said um, low lead striker Andy Payton. I think I scored 170 goals at Championship, as well as the Scottish Premier, and about 50 odd in League League One. So I thought, bloody hell, if, if I'm a if I'm a low lead striker at Championship, I'll take that. So I do believe that if I would have gone up to Premier League, I would have scored goals because I always did do, you know. I always said that. <laughs> you know. I, I mean, I, I just believe that because you, you get, you never stop getting into them areas, you know what I mean? Mm. Um, and I feel as though I would have done. But um, that's the only regret, really, the fact that I didn't... Uh, I have no regrets about joining Celtic because they're amazing. But what I'm saying is, uh, at Middlesbrough, I played a part in them you know, getting promotion to uh, to the Premier League, you know, but never actually stepped up and played in it, you know. So you walk on water if you get the winner in the, the old firm, though, don't you, up there still? There's that oh, famous yeah, picture yeah. of you with the blood pouring from your head, isn't there, and all sorts? And Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I got five stitches there. I got elbowed off, <laughs> uh, I don't know who it were, Richard Goff, I think. And then I went off two, two minutes, got it stitched and straight back on. You know, I mean, could you imagine that now? No. I mean, God, they'd be, I don't know what would happen, they'd be ringing paramedics, Con- wouldn't they? Concussion protocol. But it, it was <laughs> such a magic, you know, magical club, you know, and like I say, the European nights, 
um, were, were just great. So I, I had massive, you know, really, really fantastic times up there. Really enjoyed it. Brilliant club. I see it was the place to be. I mean, it was just after the English clubs had come back in, but for that five, six-year period, that's like Simon was saying, all the top you know, the top English players were going to Scotland, weren't they, just to play European football, basically. But, yeah, uh, yeah, of yeah, course, They, they retained, yeah. a, and, and, retained a lot of those players, haven't they? But, yeah, I mean, that dressing room, like I say, I mean, Gary Gillespie, Tony Mowbray, Charlie Nicholas, John Collins, um, Frank McAvenny, I could keep going, you know, and every single player were an international. Stuart, we signed Stuart Slater. Um, I think, obviously, they're only me who weren't an international, I think. Um, obviously, because I were English. I think if I'd have had any Scottish uh, or Irish <laughs> um, blood in me, I'd have, uh, I'd have got some caps, you know. I'm sure I would have done, you know. Just just for the fact that I were um, scoring goals for Celtic, you know. But, uh, yeah, I loved my time up there. It was superb. Sean Collins, he was, he was. He, I think he's one of those players who never quite gets the uh, credit he deserves. I thought he was a beautiful player on the ball, John Collins. Yeah. Oh, it was unbelievable. I'll be honest with you. So when I went, I tell this story. So when I, when I went up there, uh, my first day of training, I thought, well, I'll get in nice and early, and I got in about nine o'clock, and John Collins was already in the gym. He doing parallel bar dips. And I'm not being funny, he, had a, he didn't have a, a six-pack, he had a ten-pack. He was unbelievable. <laughs> One of the fittest lads I've ever seen, but dedicated. Absolutely. He didn't have a, an ounce of fat on him. He was just an athlete, you know. But And I was watching someone like him putting the hours in and just thinking, like, I need to do this, you know what I mean? So it did rub off. Do you start trying to do what they do? You know, they do. But he was, um, yeah, he was an incredibly gifted player as well. He played at World Cups and all sorts. But um, I think he went to, where did he go? It was uh, Monaco, wasn't it? Monaco, Monaco, yeah, he went to play for Monaco. Great lad as well, you know. Um, but, yeah, brilliant player. And obviously Charlie Nick, you know, I mean, and Frank McAvenny. Frank had been, at, you know, with Cotty at West Ham and, and Charlie Nicholas had scored a couple of goals in cup finals for Arsenal. They're brilliant players, you know. So just to learn off them, because I was only about 23, you know, um, was was amazing really, you know. Jerry Craney there as well. Jerry. So Jerry, <laughs> I forgot to mention Jerry. Well, Jerry, we were younger than me. What yeah. a player. Probably one of the best finishers that I've ever seen. Uh, naturally, you know, gifted. He were about 19. He were a big lad. And he were holding his own. He were cap Scottish international. Um, yeah, brilliant finisher. Re- yeah, I forgot about Jerry. I mean, you just, you just, your path just, just missed it, Burn. Then it's obviously come in. On loan earlier that season before. I know, yeah. I mean, I know I had a really good partnership with Cookie, but uh, I'd already played with Jerry up at Celtic, you know, and I think um, I think he scored about ten goals for Burnley uh, in in about ten games or something, you know. So I think we'd have hit it off, but uh, yeah, he was a great player, yeah. really good, great lad as well. Mm. So good, you, obviously Barnsley. I mean, it's I say it was Championship football, but. It, was it was it a bit of a come down? I mean, it must be tough to go in. You know, you played in front of sixty odd thousand every other week. I'll be honest, with you, it felt that yeah. way after a bit mm. because uh, Barnsley were they were having a stand built behind um, behind the um, behind the nets, mm. and uh, we were getting about five thousand crowds. And I remember a couple of times thinking, "Wow, you know." Somebody once said to me, "How, how, how have you left Celtic for them?" But we we had like Neil Redfern, Andy, yeah. Lee, you know, Brendan O'Connor. We're a good team. And, um, you know, 
it was just a case of getting my head down and just trying to score as many goals as possible. But mm-hmm. it did feel as though I took a step backwards, obviously. But I always look at it, you know, whichever way. And that's not knocking Barnsley, because like I say, they're a good team. Um, I feel as though it was part of me coming back to Burnley, you know, because it was all, you know, I feel as though, I know I've said it before, I felt as though it was fate. But, um, you know, the Barnsley, Huddersfield and then Burnley, you know, so... I'll never, uh, I'll never knock it. I mean, I scored about. Yeah, I scored, yeah. Well, I'm a striker. I know how many goals I scored. I scored 47 goals from Barnsley. <laughs> um, if, if I don't know, then, then who is going to know? You know. But um, so I did all right there, you know. But what a great set of lads as well, and some really good players, you know. I say so everyone remembers the one. Yeah, every Burnley fan remembers the one one goal you scored against them, don't they? <laughs> I know. I, well, I scored I mean, at Barnsley as well. Yeah, we won two yeah. 0 didn't we? I got headed from a corner, but did celebrate. Uh, I didn't celebrate at turf, obviously, because uh, you know why, out of respect and everything else. And uh, I don't think it'd have gone down too well if I'd have gone running round. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Understatement of the year, but um, see, yeah. Sorry, yeah, you, you see Richardson at the weekend, and he scores. Scores two against Everton, and he sort of half thought about it, didn't he? And then, yeah, I mean, fair play to him uh, because he did. You know, I mean, it, they'd have been a lot gunning for him, wouldn't they? You know, but um, I mean, Burnley had only just gone up in '94, yeah, and uh, there were about eighteen thousand on. So I knew, you know, my dad were on, and my brother, and you know, and um, I mean, I couldn't miss it. it was a free header from a corner, I think, from about six yards, and. Um, we ended up winning the game one nil, but no, they were. Part, I'll be honest with you, a part of me inside because I've been released as a kid was sort of like, yeah, you know, have yeah. some of that sort of thing. But um, yeah, I, I made the wise decision, and because uh, I think Burnley fans always respected me for that, you know, because mm. even when I scored at Barnsley, I didn't celebrate as well because they remember, you know, remember things like that. And um, but I never knew. I'll be honest with you, I never thought that I'd ever. Um, you know, I thought Burnley, I'd never get to play for Burnley, you know, um, especially when they, they sort of went back down to League One, you know. So did I, I mean, you, you, I know you played and scored against Blackburn, I think, was that sort of, you know, from a Burnley fan's point of view, that must be the you know, the, 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 the ultimate thing, really, is it? What's that, scoring? Scoring against Blackburn. Against Blackburn. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I scored four times against Blackburn in my career, um, you know, for Hull City and Middlesbrough and what have you, but, you know, we played them. I'm not counting the second game because I came on a sub when we were 4 0 down, but yeah. we got beat 5 0. But I played in the 2 0 where obviously when Bowley got sent off, <laughs> I'd love to have scored against him for Burnley, but unfortunately it just didn't happen, you know. But um, I mean, it wouldn't have been tell of a lot, you know, to me, but I, I still feel as though, you know, obviously getting promotion was unbelievable, you know. I mean, we the time that, um, that we had, you know, from when I first signed when we were bottom at league. Uh, in that January, and that you know that two years later we'd end up getting promotion. You know, I mean, it was uh, it was amazing. So let's I'm just talk a bit about you know. Let's just talk a bit about how you ended up back at Burnley then. So you, you you've you've gone from Barnsley to Huddersfield. It's gone yeah. well again. It's gone well again at Huddersfield, and then it seemed like that move at the time came out of the blue. Is that is that what it was like? Yeah, it was strange because what happened was I finished top scorer. I got nineteen goals. And then uh, I had a, I had uh, I had to have an earlier operation, and I, I was out for about three months. And within that three months, um, we got a new manager, and it was Peter Jackson. 
And uh, what had happened was, unfortunately, the pre-season, after we'd, after we'd had my first season there, we played Halifax and he was marking me. And we both got sent off because he punched me and I ended up punching him back. Right. And uh, so, anyway, cut long story short, he ended up getting the job. And when he walked in the dressing room, because nobody knew who he was, and I thought, oh, my God, I thought... Anyway, he pulled me and he said, look, forget about that. Don't worry about it. He's still in my plans. First game back after I'd been out for three months, played a reserve game. Uh, cut, I was I were absolutely... I was miles off it because I'd not played for three months. Uh, I got home and he rang me up. He said, uh, yeah, we're going to let you go to Burnley. He said, uh, if you want to go, he said, Chris Waddle's going to ring you in 10 minutes. So I was shocked because obviously, <laughs> but I'll be honest with you, I, mean, I looked at league table and Burnley were bottom, mm. uh, League One, but uh, it were Burnley. And I just thought, I, had, I thought about it for about 24 hours, you know, but um, I thought, no, I'm doing it. I'm doing it because I've listened to my hometown club. And um, and yeah, we never looked back really after that. But um, that that's how it came about. Jack, Jackson had tried for Paul Barnes, hadn't he? I, 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 Peter he Jackson Barnes, tried yeah. for Paul. But did that? Yeah, is that so how it comes? Yeah, he said, "I'll, I'll, I'll can I can I have Barnes?" And Waddle had said, "What about a swap then?" Eh? Yes, that's what happened. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean Barnes, Barnes had done well at Burnley. I mean, he yeah, got five yeah, yeah. in one game, didn't he? So I mm. knew that coming here, I, I were under pressure. Because I'd scored a lot of goals, but it don't count. You're back to naught because I hadn't scored for Burnley, you know. Um, so, yeah, I think uh, I think it were... Huddersfield um, were quite happy with the swap. Uh, Jackson, it, certain managers don't fancy it. Simple as that, mm. you know. And I think it was one of them. Um, and I came back, obviously. And, um, and I mean, the rest history, you know. I mean, we, we managed to stay up that season under Chris Waddle and I managed to get goals. Um, and... And then obviously Stan came in and things changed and and you know the rest. I mean the rest we, we ended up getting promotion. It was you know it was fantastic times you know for me personally and uh, uh, and obviously for you know for the uh, for the club. Let's just take a little commercial break for a moment. We'll be right back after this message. Hello. This is Justin at the From the BLN podcast. I'm, I'm really sorry to be interrupting our normal service, but I have some exciting news to share um, about something um, that we've been working on for a while. I'm really very happy to declare that the official From the BLN t-shirt shop is now open for business. Um, you can find it at shop.fromthebln.com and We'll be sharing that link where we can. It shouldn't be, uh, shouldn't be difficult to find us. Um, when you get to the shop, you'll find a small but carefully curated set of original designs, uh, including the From the BLN logo, which is the only shirt that we'll be keeping on sale indefinitely. All of the other designs are going to be on sale for a limited time only. Uh, we're not quite sure how long yet, um, but they will eventually all be replaced by new designs. Um, some of the designs uh, nod to the club's history, while others um, will be, let's say, reactive to current events. Um, one of the uh, shirts we've got on sale right now is a tribute to uh, Burnley's current number 17, um, 
striker, Lyle Foster. And uh, we thought it'd be a great idea to donate all the profits from the sale of this particular shirt uh, to the UK mental health charity Mind. We will, of course, um, keep you regularly updated on how much money we've raised as we pass the cash along to the charity. And uh, it would be great, too, to see photos of you doing your mile for Lyle in one of our shirts. So please uh, share them with us if you can. So why are we doing this now? Well, firstly, it's just good fun. We hope we really hope you'll enjoy the designs that we've come up with. But also, sadly, a podcast uh, like ours is not free to produce. Um, so we're just hoping to generate a little bit of cash to help support our efforts. Um, it'll pay for the software and web service we use to record the podcast and, and the hosting of the podcast and our website too. Um, so if you buy a shirt... Uh, you'll not only be one of the best dressed in town, you'll also be helping to support us to keep on doing what we do and develop the other ideas that we've got um, for bigger and better things down the road. Um, so for that, in anticipation, I thank you on behalf of myself and every member of the team. Um, we're all very, very grateful for your support. So that's enough from me. Please go and check out the shop and spread the word. But for now... Let's get back to the show. So, so Andy, let's just talk about those, those two managers there because, you know, they had contrasting fortunes at Burnley, really. But obviously, Chris yeah. Waddle, a huge name and great player, didn't really work out for him in management, never managed again after, after Burnley. What, what, was, what was it like working with, with Waddle? Well, I mean, I, I think, I mean, he was a great bloke. Uh, I know I've said that a lot about everybody at the moment, but I mean, he, he really was. Um, he'd been a fantastic player. I think um, it were a bit too low for him, the standard of players that he had at the time, the League One players. So he were, he were like pinging balls in training, you know, 60-yard big diags over at fullback and what have you. You know, I think he'd, I think he'd come down. Obviously, we had Glenn Roder, who was a really good coach. Um, and 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 had done it at top level, but I think they struggled just at that level, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he he played a few games at the end, and he actually did well for us. But I think he just um, I think because he played at such a higher level, internationals and all that, that he'd um, he struggled a little bit, you know. Uh, but he had he had the full respect of all the players, you know, and. Uh, and the fact is, I mean, what I can always say is that Chris Waddle gave me my chance to sign for Burnley. So yeah. uh, once again, you know, it, you know, um, and I, I think he were he were he were pleased with the deal, obviously, because um, you know I managed to score score some goals for him, you know, and uh, and we managed to stay up because I mean um, it were looking like we were. I don't know what would have happened if we would have gone down. I'll be honest with you, you know, into League Two. Yeah. But um, I, I liked him, you know, his training were good. When I say his training were good, I mean, the reason why it were good is because we'd be off Monday and off Wednesday. You know, it was just crazy. I remember we played, the, my first game was Bristol Rovers away and we got beat. Um, I think we had a man sent off, I'm not sure. Anyway, we got back to ground. He said, right, we'll see you Tuesday. Went in Tuesday, had a five-a-side, we'll see you Thursday. And it was like, wow, do you know what I mean? But that's just the way, you know, the bigger clubs tended to do that at the time, you know, whereas uh, under, you know, like Stan as an example, 
uh, he'd have us in Sunday morning running round track, you know, if we got beat, which he did on many occasions. Yeah. Totally, you know. Uh, Stan was more man management, leadership and the gaffer, whereas Chris was still a bit like a player, you know, um, just totally different, you know. When you when you say he struggled a bit with the level, do you mean that like the players couldn't do the kind of things that he was used to his teammates at Spurs and England and Marseille being able to do? Yes, I think so. You know, because he were you know he had lads playing who were at League One level, and I think you know it's tough for somebody who's played such a top top level. I think so. England international played in World Cups to sort of drop down, um, you know, to to that level, you know. Um, and like you say, I didn't realise that he'd never managed again after Burnley. So I think he'd, that sort of tells you that he'd probably had enough. You know what I mean? Went and um, played again a bit, yeah. didn't he, with Bradford? And yeah, yeah. Him. he went and played again after. after oh yeah, Burnley, oh, did it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bloody hell, forgot yeah. about that. But uh, I mean, because he still had the quality, uh, but obviously was you know I mean like what happens to everybody? Um, once you get over a certain age, it's over. You know. But he was a great bloke. Chris, you know, I really respected say, him, England international, yeah. you know, and he signed me, you know, so yeah. I said you walked into a club, I mean, but let's say you came in with Burnley struggling, but that second half of the season were like playoff form, weren't it? It had to be, yeah. So, you, I mean, I know, you've come I mean, into a team that's you know, you're yeah. winning, winning every other week. I know, I know. I mean, uh, we, we just saw, uh, I mean, I remember obviously Cookie did really well that season, mm. um, and we. We, I, mean, I think we won five games, one nil. Um, so that means we kept five clean sheets. You know, not just the fact I'm scoring, mm. but the fact that you know the defence are keeping clean sheets. So we, did, I mean, we pulled it out. The app we had to do. You know, I mean, um, you know, I think we went away to Wigan and got battered. Yeah, four yeah. one. It was looking like we were dead and buried. You know, but we came back from that, and and we ended up going right to the last game, uh, Plymouth at home. And uh, Cookie got two and uh, we won the game, you know. And um, I mean, a massive moment for the club just because I think if we'd have gone down, I mean, oh, you know, back to the bad old days or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Uh, we stayed up and I don't think, I genuinely don't think, from the promotion the season, two seasons after, I don't think the club's ever looked back. Exactly, you know? exactly. You know, I really do. I mean, Stan yeah. came in, obviously, and uh, brought a lot of new players in and, you know, we had a good time, didn't we? But for, from a striker's perspective, what was it like? I mean, you you, you thrive on service, and then you've got you've yeah. got Glenn. Glenn came into the side yeah. pretty much around you signing, and your people like Paul Smith, and uh, you know later yeah. Paul Cook and people absolutely, like yeah. that. Great service. Yeah. What was uh, oh, absolutely? Was it like? I mean, I'd Cookie, Cookie, Cookie do you know the dog work? You know what I mean, yeah. sort of mm-hmm. thing. You get hold of it, get into feet. It was a great partnership. Glenn, I mean, the biggest problem I had with Glenn, it weren't a problem. I just never knew when he were going to cross it, you know, because he beat five men. I mean, he were outstanding. Smithy left, you know what I mean? Smithy's wand, you know. Mm. Um, so my job was, um, you know, my job was to get on the end of stuff. And I'd scored goals throughout my career, but I knew that that's, that's what I did in football. I'd get the odd, you know, worldie or whatever, but the majority of my goals were, you know, he's six ball, uh, six yard stuff, you know what I mean? Um, you know, and I mean, I've, I'm in my shrine now, but that's why I got that. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? And, you know, it's I treasure that, you know. I've got, um, I'm at a little shrine in the conservatory, so I was on on the front of 12 programmes, so they're all up on wall, 
Brilliant. And I've got my golden boot. I've got my couple of medals for you know when we went up. Um, and when you when you stop playing like these behind, that's that's a Burnley one. We only ever played in that one once. At yeah, Forest. yeah. Mm. It's quite unique that one. But um, this is all you have left when you when when it's over. I mean, I've got me. I've, I've actually got my air license. I did my football coaching yeah. badges, mm. so that's up at wall. But um, yeah, when you finish playing, you've, the only thing you've got left is the memories. Yeah, so you've, you've yeah. got to make the most of it, you know. I so see you've got no, a DVD in your name as well, haven't you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I've got that one, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, the club made that. I mean, it's, so yeah. all my goals for Burnley are on it, so it's, you know, it's it's brilliant to keep. But, um, no, we, we had some really good players, and, and I give... I mean, that's an individual award for a striker, but I, I, my teammates created most of them goals, obviously, but I knew, I knew what my job was. My job was to get on the end of stuff, and I look at strikers you know, in general now, and I, I don't think that hunger for goals is there. There mm -hmm. is, they are in certain players, but so many players now, you ask them how many goals they've got, they, they, they don't even know. Um, you know, and, and back in the day, I, my, I was judged every season off every manager on how many goals I got, you know, for my team. So, but, you know... Crazy, so the one thing, with, one thing with your goals, and if you, look, if you look at your goals, they were often the second in a 2-1 win. The, yeah. the one, the one in a one nil, the third in a three two, and yeah. you didn't. Like you, talk, you mentioned Paul Barnes, and he got five against Stockport, and he got a couple yeah. of matrics here and there. But it was the yeah. you know, it, 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 you know, it might not have nicked nick you the winner in a tight game or something like yeah. that. Yeah, uh, I know what you mean. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, like I say, I, I knew um, there were better strikers than me out there, uh, more gifted or whatever. But if that ball got played into that box, I'd be on the end of it. And I made it. I made a career out of it. And like I say, to end up at Celtic and, and finishing top scorer, getting promotion to Middlesbrough. Every club I was top scorer. The only club I weren't top scorer at was Middlesbrough. Scored two minutes into my debut and nearly broke my ankle. I was out for three months. So I only played eight times for Middlesbrough, but I scored three goals. Every other club, I finished top scorer. Not every season. I finished top scorer twice at Barnes. I finished top scorer at Huddersfield. So it three times or four times at Old City, I think. So, um, you know, that that was... But I knew that was my job. Mm. You know, I weren't expecting a midfielder to finish top scorer. It had to be me, you know. <laughs> Who do you um, see that in now? I, People like Kane and, you know... Like... Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, they just they just never stop. You know, they just want to keep scoring. I mean, my Georgia, who plays for Aki Stanley Ladies, um, her favourite player is Haaland. And, and, mm. and people say, oh, 50-odd goals last season. He scores goals. This yeah. season he's been out half the time and he's still top scorer. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so, and Georgia's top scorer for Aki Stanley Ladies, so I'm going to give her a big mention. She's got but, a big, um, big, big date at the weekend, hasn't she? Yeah, we they playing uh, playing Darwin at the Wham. They played there a couple of times, but um, yeah, so she gets on the end of stuff and that, you know, and uh, you know we're very proud of her. But um, yeah, I mean, going back to the, you know, just knowing what um, what my job was, and and uh, and I, like you say, you've already mentioned Glenn. You know, I mean, like what a player. You know what I mean? And the service I got, you know, was was amazing. That's why I won the Golden Boots of the service. You know. Um, but I mean, it, it's an individual award, isn't it? You know, so there's something that I mean, I had it in the club for 10 years on display, but I've got it, you know, it's in my home now, and um, um, yeah, and it's you know, treasure it. What was the pick of your 82? I always used to call it 82 because I think you got 
robbed the one at York. But uh, yeah, what was a pick, pick, pick of the goals? Well, I mean, I, I, the one they played down at the turf with the Croix turn, really, because yeah. it, was, it, was just, it came out of nothing and it was just one of them instinctive moments that strikers do now and again. And, um, yeah, so I'd say that one. But it, I'll be honest with you, if I put it in from one yard, you know, mm. uh, with my backside and we won 1-0, <laughs> I, you know, I'd be happy. You know, I mean, quite a lot of my goals as well, believe it or not, were headers. You know, I mean, I scored about in in the eighty one for Burnley. I mean, obviously you go through them. Our David used to go through them. Yeah. He used to uh, pick and analyse everything. You know, and um, I think I scored 30, 30 headers for Burnley. And I mean, mm. now I mean, I, I think they're going to looks. I, I won't be surprised if they do away with players edit ball. It, yeah, you know, yeah. Mm. You know, I have to get physio on every time they edit. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you remember the one at Blackpool from distance? Um, oh. Yes, I do. Yeah, yeah. That well, I mean, yeah, I mean, keeper off his line. Yeah. Cookie flicked it on. It went over his shoulder, and I just I clocked that he kept coming off his line. Yeah. And I just had a swing at it, and he went right over. And uh, yeah, you know. So every now and again, you know, if somebody call me a tapping merchant or something like that, <laughs> you pull, then you know. But goal's a goal, you know. And uh, I mean, the fact that I've got them all on um, on a on a DVD. I mean, they're there, aren't they? You know, so. Exactly. You know, and I, you know, it's it's a shame, really, because I think you know, certainly professional clubs should they, they should be tapping into what we know. Do you know what I mean? I'm on about coaching wise, you know, players, mm. um, and it, it it's amazing how so many players, uh, ex players, should I say, like myself, who played at a high level, um, you know, and I mentioned Dean Windus, he's not doing out for Hull City, and he's, he lives in Hull, and. What I mean is, you just you just never used. You know what I mean? And uh, like I say, there's so much to offer. It's crazy. Probably missed the boat now because of age, etc. But you know what you what you can pass on. It's it's crazy. Like I say, yeah, there's quite a few clubs that have finishing coaches now, though, aren't there? The big clubs. Some of them have, or they even have. You know, I, I know when Solskjaer was at Man United, he, yeah. he he brought in he brought in a couple of different strikers. I can't remember who they were. They weren't all United yeah. players. Just I to work for a them. week with Rashford and Marshall trying to improve yeah. the finishing. You know. They should do, because it's repetition. It's repetition, really. Mm. You know, I mean, you can't... It's not something... If you keep practising something... I mean, I've, I've said this before. Uh, somebody once said it to me when I was younger. Darts, it, you know, darts players and snooker players practice for five hours a day. Five hours, darts players doing that. You know what I mean? So footballers, if you, you've got to do at least an hour a day you know, a big bag of balls, you've got to do just repetition. I used to do it, you know, if I'm going through a lean spell, yeah. um, even if I weren't, though, just smashing balls, if there's no keeper there, just into an empty net from edge of box. But, um, yeah, I think clubs, they have goalkeeper coaches. I think they should have striker coaches. Well, throwing, because, throwing coaches. <laughs> well, they, they have every kind of coach now. I mean, I've watched quite a few of the, I mean, Neil Warnock's been, you know, something he said the other, the other day, he said they have, they have, you know, people at football clubs now that are doing everything, aren't they? You know, he calls them busybodies. They're just mm. people that are just around. I saw the, I shared one today, Harry Redknapp thing. He said 80% of youth team football coaches are non-playing football coaches. They've never played the game in academies. And that's why academies aren't producing anything. I mean, Blackburn have done well because they've just got, Wharton's just gone for 20-odd million. Mm. When was Burnley's last one? Do you know yeah. I only got beat last night in Youth Cup. We're Premier League. Bristol City, we, we lost 3-0, didn't we? 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Who, who, who was the last one to come no, through at Burnley's academy? I mean, to come through properly as a Burnley as a Burnley player through the system, but J-Rod, I mean, Dwight McNeil, well, kind yeah, of. Dwight, yeah. Came yeah. from United. I mean, Dwight, 14, Man U, though, he came from Man U, didn't he? Well, I know he started off at 16 at Burnley, but what I'm saying is, but it's, he, it's not many, you know, it's, it's not many, is there? But who's coaching them, you know? I, I mean, I, ex-players always say stuff like this, but there's so much that you can pick into the brains of, you know, because players have been there, done it and seen it, you know? Um, well, we saw it. We saw it at the weekend, Andy, with, yeah. with you know, up front where, you know, Amdouni seems to have been struggling a bit of late and, and yeah. he weren't getting into the positions, weren't scoring goals. And then Fafana yeah. comes on. Yeah. And immediately... I mean, scores, they, they, they weren't great goals, either of them, really. Yeah. But he just... He were there, weren't he? You were in the right Of course spot. he were. And he, I thought his goal at... Sorry, his, his goal... Um, the goal that he made at... Um, City. Was it at City? Was, was yeah. excellent. Um, I mean, the goal... Goals at the weekend, the first one, keepers had a mare because he's come to try and punch it, but he's still there and he's headed it in. And the second one is in there. So, I mean, I, I thought they were, you know, whichever way you look at it, I mean, they were good goals, you know. But, mm. I mean, um, I don't know. I mean, I, I think our top scorer has got five. Um, I'm not sure who it is. Is it Brownell? Anyway, so what I'm saying is, you know, what these lads are meant to, that's their job getting goals. I know it's Premier League and I know this and I know that, but I just feel as though, you know, back in the day, I was told by my manager, every club, I want 20 goals off you this season. And I don't think it's there anymore. It feels as though they, 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 they're saying that, I mean, assists are a big thing. I'm looking at De Bruyne's record uh, when City were on the other night. He's mm-hmm. way head and shoulders above anyone else. But, um, you know, strikers are, are there to score goals. And, you know, they, they just, I don't think they, they want it as much as what we used to or, or whatever. You know, maybe they're trying to walk it in now. I don't know. But when your top scorer, your top striker's got three goals and you've won three out of 23, you know, and you're in February, people are wondering. And then people say, how do you think Burnley are doing? I never comment on Burnley because at the end of the day, you know, as an ex-player, I just want them to do well. Mm. But um, if, if, if you're a striker and you're happy with three goals, then something wrong. I think so. Who was who you with all the teams that you played with, not just Burnley, but throughout your career? Yeah, you quite often played in a two up front, didn't you? Because there weren't as much of the false yeah. nines and one guy on no. his own in front. Who who would yeah. you pick if you were to pick one? It's a bit unfair. You can have two if you want. Who, who would you pick um, as your partner, as your strike partner? I mean, obviously, I had some great ones up in Scotland: Charlie Nick, Frank McAvenny. Um, I'll be honest with you, they were, they were brilliant players and played at top, top level, played in World Cups and all that. Obviously, um, my Burnley connection, you know, had to be Paul, uh, sorry, Andy Cook. You know, he said Paul Cullen. You know, Cook, he was unbelievable. You know, he, he worked hard. He was he, he got 20 goals one season as well. We had a good partnership and he'd get stuck in, he'd give everything. Just a great lad, you know. So I, I really enjoyed me, you know, playing with Andy Cook. Um, and we he, we were sort of opposite, you know, and it worked. Um, I mean, I learned off a lot of players. I, I, I were up front with Marcus Stewart at Huddersfield. They were a great player. Yeah. You know, um, with Andy Liddle, Andy Rammel um, at Barnsley. Neil Redfern, who scored a lot of goals in midfield. Um, Dean Windus when I was at Hull. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd say Cookie, just because we, we clicked and we hit it off, you know, uh, in, in tough times, you know. Um, 
and Cookie, Cookie went on to have a decent career as well. You know, yeah. you you pick different bits off. You know, all the players if you can. You know, you know um, that you played with. That's that's what I did really. You'll see, you talk about modern football. Simon mentioned that. You know, so many sides. Yeah. Play with like one forward, and or you play with like a yeah. two wide forwards next to you. I mean, how, what, how would you, how would you, you know, got on in, in, in today's game? You think having to play that sort of? I don't know because um, football to me nowadays, so everyone's trying to play it from the back. Everybody, the top sides are, are good at it. You've got sides trying to copy the top sides, who can't do it every single week. On match of the day or on Premier League football, there's mistakes, really, really poor mistakes, you know, where the keeper's trying to take someone on and, and it's going it back at net. Um, and I just feel as though they need to stop, leave it leave it to the ones that can do it. You know, I think Warnock said something. He said, you know, you know what what's wrong with, you know, having two strikers up top and playing it a bit longer and getting after it, you know, and trying to turn the centre off, you know. Um, a little bit like what, you know, everyone calls it dice ball, but Sean Dyche at Everton to a certain degree. Um, because I just feel it's like um, every single, you know, you look at every single form of football. I bet you teams are doing it, you know, trying to play out from the back. Uh, 100%. Like I said, when it comes off and it goes bump, 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 yeah, but how often? I just feel as though that side of a game and, and uh, there's no tackling, uh, I don't like it in games when you know when atmosphere at the ground when it you can hear people at crowd talking because they're just knocking it around at the back and you know I don't know the game it, yeah. it's it's just changed so much and I don't know yeah I think so there has to be a place for like high octane football yeah of course yeah you know that's what we want you, it's the players that get the crowd going. But some of the games you're watching and, it, you know, and they just pass, 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 pass. The keeper having more touches than the striker. I mean, it's beyond belief. That never would have happened in football. You won't even want your keeper kicking the ball. You know what I mean? And I think it'll turn back. I don't think this will carry on forever. You know, um, but every man and his dog is trying to play it from the back and it's crazy. You know, um, I'd, I'd, I'd like to get it up there. You know, get one of the strikers flicking it on, get somebody gambling, turn the centre off. You know, old school football. Yeah. Um, yeah. But when I say old school, people now would say, yeah. I mean, even on the FA coaching badges now, uh, they they playing out from the back's part of it. Mm. But it's like, well, why? You know, I, I don't think, it, you know, I just think you can leave it to the top sides who can do that. You know, I just think the game's changed so much. And, There's uh, not many can think- do it really well, is there? You exactly. know, and City can do it. Barcelona did it. You know, other course, teams. Yeah. You know, other teams. Play to your strengths. Get a big lad up front who's going to flick it on and put himself out. You know. Listen, like, well, like, I mean, Luton are like a mix, aren't they? Luton have come up with, yeah. you know, quite direct, but you know, with Barkley and uh, Lacanda yeah. in there, they're playing a bit more, playing through teams yeah. a bit more. So fair play to them. But it, 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 the big fella, I mean, he's got, he's just got a hat trick, hasn't he, against Brighton? He's up for. Yeah. Premier yeah. League Player of the Month, and he's, he's as he proved at Burnley. I mean, whether you agree it was yeah. a foul or not, he's he's, he's an handful, isn't he? <laughs> he is an handful, and he's a big lad up front, you know. And he's a target man, and they do try and get it in there, don't they? You know, the lad who played on the left at Burnley, I was on that game, and um, you know they're whipping it in as often mm. as they can. And I just feel as though um, you know everybody's trying to play the 
they're trying to copy the top top sides, you know, and 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 we found ourselves in trouble this season. I think because of that, you know, um, it's I'd rather us go longer and 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 people um, stop saying that it's it's old fashioned football, you know. It's just effective. I mean, the last thing a centre half wants to do is getting turned, yeah. you know. But I mean, you look at you look at squads now at football clubs. I mean, Burnley probably have about eighty pros. There's lads at Burnley in the under 23s who will never play for the first team who are probably not short of being millionaires. I don't know. You know, and certainly at clubs like Chelsea, maybe not so much Burnley, but certainly Chelsea. And it's crazy. I, I just, you know, like I say, back in my day, you'd have what? 25, 30 players maximum. And, you know, you'd, be, you'd all be battling for your places, you know. I know the game's about- changed. Yeah, you, you talk know, about the hunger at Hull to break out of that yeah. group of YTs. They're almost Absolutely. got too much, too much too soon. Maybe these days, you think? Yeah, I, I, I do. I mean, they are, they have. A, I mean, they have player like is it player layers in offices, and yeah. you know what I'm saying is, look, the players are incredibly looked after now, and fair play, you know. But um, I don't know. I think you know certainly for me, playing for Burnley or playing for the badge. I mean, I'm from well, from Paddyham, you know what I mean? But obviously, Burnley meant a hell of a lot to me. Uh, and I feel as though there'll be so many players now who don't have that because how could they? Because, they, you know, you know, players that have come, um, done all right for a bit and disappeared, you know. Players from last season even who have done really well who are now not at the club, you know. I don't know. I just feel as, as though when these massive squads, it takes that away, you know. Yeah, Andy. So you know, you've talked about it before that when it came time to to, to hang up your boots, you, you found you found yeah. it difficult to to transition on your way out of the game. I mean, people are a lot more yeah. comfortable talking about these kind of things these days than they yeah. perhaps were at that, that time. But you seem to have come through it uh, now pretty well. I mean, you've been you've dealt with your demons, as it were. Absolutely, um, it's hard when you come out of football. I mean, I I did that every day for twenty one years. Got up. Went to work to do my job as a footballer. Do you know what I mean? And, and I were I were nearly thirty-seven when I finished. Um, and it, it is it's tough. Um, uh, so you know I'm 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 very you know I mean like obviously I'm on the hard stuff. You know what I mean? And he's throwing a bottle of water. Yeah, bottle of water there. Obviously. So I mean you know 2012. Um, I decided you know that. I, as you know, I went teetotal and, um, and yeah, it's transformed my life again, you know, because um, when you come out of football, it's tough. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the amount of players that have problems, you know, uh, so probably for what, you know, four or five years, I struggled a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because you can't play anymore. You know, everything, you know, everything in my life was based around going out there and scoring goals for Burnley. And when it stops, I know people say, well, you've had the brilliant time, but, you think, well, what do I do now? What do I do now with my life? You know, it's it's tough, but yeah. So I'm 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 proud of the fact that I came through that, you know, and um, and it's a long, long time has gone now. You know, I've done all my coaching badges since then, and I mean, I've, I worked down at the college. I've been there for about eight years, you know, doing coaching football, and and life's good, you know. But um, it, it is funny because you know, so many, you know, there's, there's a large percentage of footballers that have problems. Mm. And uh, luckily, a lot sort themselves out, and there's one or two that unfortunately don't, you know. But uh, yeah, fortunately, um, everything's been good. Brilliant, 
Brilliant. And you, you're working with like a fairly, you know, young group of players down at, at Burnley College. It's, it's, yeah, you know. I mean, we, we do the students, uh, girls and, you know, lads. And uh, I do a bit of coaching at nights, you know, and um, coaching most nights, you know. I mean, I, I still love the game and I'm still heavily involved in it, you know. Um, and and because um, I've always been proud of the fact that I did my coaching badges. Some mm. people th- say they're a waste of time and all that, but I mean... You know, to get my air licence took me a couple of years, you know, and, um, you know, I'm really proud of that. Um, I mean, the, there's only the pro licence that I haven't done, but I think it's about 15 grand, you know, literally, you know, and, um, you know, it's job for the boys now, isn't it? But I'm, I'm glad I got a uh, high quali- qualification in uh, football coaching. And like I say, you know, I've been down at Burnley College for years, me and Jerry Harrison yeah. uh, coaching the students. Yeah, Jerry's down there. He's been there longer than me. And it's good, you know, we have games every week and coach and it's all football related and, um, yeah, still love it. It's great. Brilliant. Chris, final question sure. for you. Yeah, just, uh, it's, it's been been a, been a journey, isn't it? But it's just good to see, uh, like yeah. I say, I mean, well, over a decade now. Over a decade, yeah. So it's the best decision you ever yeah. made, really. Yeah, absolutely. And, it, and, and also it's something I've stuck to, you know, and uh, and now it don't even it don't even it's nothing it feels no. you know it just don't it's not part of my life you know and uh, and everything else goes has has gone really good with it you know mm. um, I mean I'm fortunate I'm, I met, met Victoria four years ago uh, we now live together and we're engaged and she's a fantastic lady uh, who's really helped me and um, yeah I mean. My girls are all good, you know. They're, they're growing up now, obviously. George is doing really well at Aki Stanley. Uh, so, yeah, you know, um, you know, yeah, life's good. And, um, you know, I'm, um, yeah, I feel as though I'm very, very grateful and very lucky, you know. Good to you. Best of luck to George at the weekend, anyway. Cheers for that, Chris. I'm Thanks, sorry, Andy. Yeah, really appreciate it. It's been, been fantastic <laughs> Not a problem. that. Really, really Brilliant. good. 